Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Is everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Jake with you from our Carrier Zone Studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton across the glass from me and not safely social distancing from Casa de Monson is the one, the only Gordon Monson. Gordon, taking a couple of days of R&R, well-earned rest and relaxation for our boy Gordon Monson. Don't scoff at that, Gordon. uh, You know what? I'll, I'll give Gordon this since he's kind of the lone columnist left standing over there at the Trib. He is pumping out columns left and right. That guy has been writing up a storm for yeah, the last, that we uh, think of several uh, several months. Yeah, well, hey, I, if I were in his position, I'd be farming ideas too. They're working him over there, and of course, uh, jumping on here five hours a day. Uh, you know, Gordon deserves a little bit of a break. Ride at two hundred one, and I know that we drive him crazy. So I hope he's uh, you know getting a break from us as well, uh, Austin. We love Gordon. But we tease him a lot, and I'm sure he's uh, looking forward to having a couple of days of of not being teased about various things. Well, I, I we did receive a voice text yesterday, an open mic that says you and I are two are we're jerks to Gordon. <laughs> yeah, they, we did get one of those. It sounded like Gordon's son-in-law, but anyway, might have been a family member. Uh, and also, I did text Gordon this morning and have yet to hear, hear back. So really, oh yeah, you did text Gordon. Well, that that's something that we we can talk about on the air. Uh, Gordon uh, ducked, uh, well, I don't want to say ducked out of town because I actually have no idea what Gordon is doing with his uh, with his time off. But he, he went uh, zero dark 30 on us uh, before uh, giving us his survivor pool pick, which the NFL week begins tonight with a just dynamite matchup between the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Kevin Graham had a funny tweet earlier today. About because because Kevin notoriously hates the Broncos, but he's a Jets fan, former Big Show co-host by the way, uh, Kevin Graham, and uh, he said he wants uh, he wants Adam Gase to lose his job so badly, he will be cheering for the Denver Broncos tonight. Which I thought, wow, wow, there's something I never thought I'd hear. But anyway, the NFL season or the NFL week does begin officially tonight. Thus, we have to do our survivor pool picks or those uh, members of the show that are still surviving. Yeah, you aren't. Uh, no, I've lost twice now. So here today, it's me and Gordon. But he ain't here. But he is not here, and he has not texted you his pick. So I will. Uh, I will certainly. 
Oh, wow. How about this? All right. We've got some breaking news coming uh, coming out. <laughs> Something uh, more important than uh, Gordon not texting us his NFL pick. Uh, BYU Cougars PR tweeting out one minute ago. BYU and Boise State today announced the two schools will play football on November 7, 2020 at Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho. The Cougars and the Broncos have met 10 times since 2003, including every year since 2012. Bam, it is official. I'll go ahead and throw the retweet on that. BYU is officially playing Boise State November 7th in Boise. But who cares where they're playing? That is an excellent game scheduled. Kudos to BYU, Tom Homo, and Boise State. Uh, And John Hartwell. And John Hartwell for really— He nailed it. He did. He even got the date. Amazing. I think he's <laughs> dialed in or something. I think he knows something yeah, or someone. He might know something. Um, but I'm glad that's happening. That's awesome. Austin, you've talked about this in the past, uh, and, and, well, we've hit it thoroughly on the show, of course, over the years. The relationship between Boise State and BYU during Independence has been terrific. It's been a rivalry game. Most of the games have been really fun to watch. I mean, uh, our guy Tanner Mango who joins us on Mondays. Remember that was the second Hail, Hail Mary game was against uh, was against Boise State last year. BYU ruining their undefeated season. I mean, it's 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 been a, a really fun a lot of fun games. Remember the uh, was it the 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 Riley Nelson game where he got hurt against Boise State. And Taysom came in and played. BYU lost by, like, one, I want to say. And on the way off the field, Bronco, for some reason, is like, Riley's still our quarterback. Riley Nelson's still our quarterback. And it's like, Coach, is is, is Riley going to survive the night? Because he looked hurt. So maybe give it, like— Have you heard from a doc? Half a heartbeat. Yeah. And and to be fair to Bronco, I don't know what the question was. If somebody was like, is, is Riley Nelson still your quarterback as they're running off the field? Because that doesn't seem like a real productive time to actually ask that question. But <laughs> I still thought, wow, he's really doubling down on that before he even has any sort of clue. Yeah. And then there was that, that big moment for Zach Wilson as a freshman up in Boise when he oh, made yeah. that uh, faulty decision on the goal line. Right. That w- that cost BYU that game and uh, a learning moment there, and we'll see what where he's come from from that day, and we'll get a chance to see him against them for a third time. No, he missed last year's game, didn't he? He did. Yes, he so did. So this will be his second time, right. given health. Um, and, and now you look at the BYU schedule, Jake, and that might be the one that you've really got excitement. Oh, with. that's the best game. Yeah, I I totally agree for a variety of reasons. That's the best game. Now we'll we'll see what version of of the Broncos we get this year from Boise State. You know, they've been pretty consistently good, though. I would guess they're going to be good again. I mean, you've got La Tech tomorrow. Big showdown. University of Texas San Antonio, the the road runners, I believe. Uh Houston, if they can play football. Right, they've had a, they haven't been able to yet. A Horton-esque run of luck, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Texas State, who did they just start a school? The Armadillos. Never heard of them. Yeah, you have. The, what the, what's the football movie with Scott Bakula? <laughs> Necessary roughness. <laughs> <laughs> they were good back then, you remember? You went with Scott Bakula instead of Kathy Ireland? <laughs> I did. I weird. went with Scott Bakula That's really, there. really weird. <laughs> Uh, you know, they were good back then, but they had that <laughs> cheating scandal. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Evans, uh, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, coming to okay. Provo All right. on Halloween night. <clears throat> and then the season uh, uh, on November 21st, North Alabama comes to Provo. Right. So now you sandwich in really only one game worth our time 
when it great. comes to X's and O's with hey, Boise it's, State. It's it's terrific. Um, you're going to channel Gordon here for a second because he's talked about this a number of times over the past couple of days. You know, need need a, me- a measuring stick. Uh, this BYU team looks pretty good, but so do a lot of teams playing against some of this competition. And I said yesterday, I'm not. I, I'm going to try and refrain from complaining about the competition because I think, it, you know, Tom Homo scheduled some games when people weren't scheduling games, and when conferences are not scheduling non-conference games, which, considering their independent status, would be a bit of a problem. So I, I am not going to complain about it. However, it is real that you kind of don't know exactly how good you are, and you need some games in there to, to really test that. And Boise is, is perfect. That's great. And it solves a problem for the Mountain West Conference, and, and it certainly provides a, a, a good game for both leagues. I don't know how the TV is going to work because it's a Boise home game, so that's probably I don't know how much BYU will get compensated for this particular game. Maybe Boise will throw them some cheese for coming up there, but they're not making money at the gate, so money's in tight supply. But I, I would guess it falls under the Mountain West Conference TV deal since it's a home game for Boise. And if, they're no longer with ESPN. They are no longer with ESPN. They are with Fox and CBS, I believe. And that that in and of, uh, of itself has been uh, controversial because that was not a, a a real popular decision in Boise to uh, to move on from ESPN because ESPN has been basically giving them their extra kind of bump as far as compensation goes for the past several years. You remember that that the the Mountain West was going to at at the same time eliminate that special compensation they tried for to Boise. Slip that they, in. they tried to politic that right through. Break that down in more detail real quickly for those that maybe missed it a few months ago. I, and I I should have uh, had I known we were going this direction I could have refreshed on it a little bit, but uh basically when they reworked the TV deal and contr- contracts came up, so you, you, good opportunity to change said contracts, right? And so in the new TV deal going forward, the rest of the league tried to... Well, actually, let me rewind this even further. It, back when conference realignment was going on, remember that hot second that, that Boise State went to the Big East, who was considered uh, a group of whatever we call it, one of the, the BCS leagues, right? They had that automatic bid, which, of course, got Utah Pitt famously. Uh, but the Big East was falling apart because the ACC was raiding the Big East, if if you'll remember. So they were scrambling, and they added Boise State. Who else did they add? Did they add San T- Diego State, or T- were they just oh. no, 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 no? They didn't. They didn't do that. They just added Boise, I think. Anyway, um, then the Big East fell apart basically, and Boise reversed course and said, "Okay, well, we might be interested in coming back." And Craig Thompson, not being a complete moron, said. We'd love that. That sounds wonderful. Come on back. In fact, no I kept, hard feelings. I kept the car running outside. I've yeah. been here all, all along. We need a ride. But Boise said, "Okay, well, we need. You know, we how how grateful are you that we're reversing course here? Huh? How much do you love how, me? How grateful are you, indeed, that uh, that we are coming back?" And and Craig said, "So grateful." That uh, we're going to give you uh, more than your share of uh, of television revenue uh, to come back. So essentially, you'll you'll not be. It will not cost you any money to come back from the Big East, which I I don't know if eventually it became true. But Boise has been getting more than the average share with the Mountain West Conference, which probably is not a real popular thing with the rest of the Mountain West Conference because. Nobody likes special treatment. Texas has a similar issue down in uh, in the right. Big Twelve, and we're not talking an extra hundred grand. 
We're no, talking we're talking about double-ish. It's like uh, it, it was at least a couple million bucks. Yeah. So, um, we, so uh, fast forward to what was this a couple months ago when the TV deal came up and and the Mountain West Conference is reworking it. Well, they essentially took the bid that did not include ESPN. It froze ESPN out. So Boise, when they're reworking the contract, the rest of the league basically tried to say, oh, yeah, and Boise State, you've got a couple of years left of that uh, special stipend, and then you're going to be a normal member again. And they did it. It had to be on like a Friday afternoon or something. I mean, I remember when it came up on the show, it's like, wow, they're really trying to slide this thing on through. Anyway, long story short, Boise said, okay, yeah, no, no, because, you know, the only reason that people are really watching this league is is because of that blue turf, baby. So let's let's figure something out, which they they said, okay, yeah, we kind of you got us. You're paying attention. Psych. Just JK. <laughs> Just kidding. Lols. <laughs> so I don't but know. That's essentially what happened. It is essentially Mountain what happened. Mountain West tried to get it in there and they got caught and they went, ah, okay, all right. It's it it's funny the politicking and the in the drama. I w- I would love to read, you know, in investigative books about this topic if if you know, five people could ever, you know, be enough to sell a book cuz probably no one finds this interesting, but I mean, the politicking amongst I I I think about the the conference dynamic back in the old Mountain West with with BYU, TCU and Utah and the jockeying for position even before TCU got there, of course. But the how BYU would would kind of want that special treatment, and they would run the conversation a lot because they have the most valued university. But Utah's this up and comer, and you've got the rest of the league that resents BYU because they're so good on the field, or certainly back in the in the whack days, and uh, how that eventually unraveled, you know, a, a huge portion of that uh, of that league. And it certainly didn't uh, hurt that Utah had another option like the Pac-12, and that probably sped things along. But there are still relationships that are damaged from that. I mean, they, there's still a, a question. Eric Weddle, and we're actually going to get to this a little later on in the show today, but Eric Weddle brought up uh, with Hanson Scotty. He was kind of joking at first, but it, it spurred a, a serious conversation about BYU um, – Going back to a league and and uh, and whether or not it would be better, BYU. You know, when we say they'd ha- kind of have to, um, they'd have to ha- handle it gently, is because you know there's still some hurt feelings there. Now, fewer and fewer, as you know, uh, athletic directors and presidents and all those things turn over with time. But you know, it would be a delicate situation for them to uh, to do that with their fan base as well. And but they do bring some good. They bring eyeballs. They bring some yeah. money. They no, bring they some bring, cachet. They're, they're worth that. They're 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 worth that. It, it's actually kind of a flaw in the system in some contra in in some conferences, you know, in the Pac-12 where they're really adamant about the equal share. I mean, that is that is part of their ideals in that particular yeah, research conference. institutions equal share. At least yes. that's what they tell us. We're, we're all of us are so good that all of us deserve the same. Conference of champions and everything uh, but the sports that you know. Right, there you go. And uh but there I mean they're they're very they're very married to that concept. And at what point does USC go wait a second here? I'm putting uh, we're bringing more value to the table than than the mighty beeves of Oregon State, or for that matter, in the North Oregon. Right. It, what happens when uh, when they're like, okay, we we like having the advantage of Uncle Phil, but we could have even more of an advantage because we're Oregon and right. we're interesting. 
and you know Washington's in a really good market. I mean, there's there's universities that are worth more financially, and this is no news, of course, new news to our listeners. But how you know Texas got tired of doing it that way, and they really played their hand to maximize their their situation. And then it's it's incredibly ironic that they have been mediocre to below average in football uh, since then. I mean, the whole, the does, Longhorns. Yeah. Does the Longhorn Network even exist anymore? It does. It does. Yes. I remember when it was like on basic packages. Was, you know, you got it in there with PBS. Right. Uh, I couldn't. <laughs> it was it was channels two, four, five, thirteen, uh, seventeen, and the Longhorn Network. Uh, you can't get uh, just little rabbit ears. You got. I'm it. sorry. I'm sorry. You you can't get Big Fox with this package. <laughs> I know it's network television, but it's just not included. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but the the good news for you is is you get the Longhorn Network. Uh, enjoy that. Enjoy that uh, the fine uh, Texas track team and whatever else they choose to to. Hey, the diving a, team is top-notch this year. To populate a 24-7 network. What a ludicrous idea that is to begin with. Anyway, we are way, way yes, off. Yes, we the, are. We are off the— The news again was— The news again was Boise State and BYU will be playing in Boise November 7th. I, for one, am very excited. I hope Boise uh, turns out to have one of their better teams, and I hope we're in for a really great football game on November the 7th. You guys talked with Rob Morris yesterday. And you specifically, in fact, it's our promo running today. You specifically asked him to put himself in the position of a BYU football player and how appreciative they should and, and are and how he would be appreciative of the job that Tom Homo did to salvage a season in 2020 right. when, uh, as we've discussed before, everybody east of Texas or west of Texas, excuse me, was not playing football anymore. And BYU was the lone team out here looking for a schedule still. And he put together, and now you, you, you fast forward to today, and Rob said he'd be appreciative. Now you've got a game that actually matters nationally with a with at least a, the wrapping paper that's on it. Yep. It's Boise-BYU, that rivalry that you discussed that was birthed a few years ago. November 7th is a long way away from right now. And it might as well be two years away in pandemic time. Right based on who will be playing for either team that day. We don't know, but the excitement still is there. It's a game that we know and love and we watch for every year, and it's back on the schedule. You want to know what my favorite moment in BYU-Boise State game in the last 20 years is? Um, and it was not a particularly good game of memory serves, but just an incredible moment when BYU kicker slash punter Matt, Matt Payne, the Payne train, was was like I think it was two kickoffs in a row or something like that. Just ended somebody. He, I mean they, they they their spirit, if you believe in that sort of thing, was separated from their body for for a brief moment in time. And then that person revived themselves. They brought out the smelling salts and that Boise player got up and said, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Was that freight train that just ruined my life? That was the kicker? <laughs> Who let a bus onto the field? It was amazing. Wait, why is the bus wearing number 37? And or whatever he was, yeah. I can't— I, That man, he was a huge man. He was a big guy. And a, for a kicker. And he he went viral for that whole thing, like or as viral as you could back then. I mean, you know, ESPN Sports Center or whatever. And I, I think he liked it. 
And if memory serves, he actually tried, you know, he actually had a few more hits down the line, but I think he had a miss that really, like, cost him a game. I think you're right, yeah. I'm trying to remember what that was, where he was, like, headhunting, and he that's, had a miss, and the guy was, like, gone or something, and it was like, oh, well, oops. That's my, my best friend in high school did that. He was He walked on as the kicker. And decided, I'm not going to just be a kicker. I'm going to be a hitter, too. And on his first kickoff, gave up a touchdown because he <laughs> tried to run down and make a tackle. Make a huge... Because if, uh, if you're the kicker, you're kind of the last line of defense. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, this was... Uh, it was 100 years ago. It was like 1999. When was that game? No, it, it was. It was early 2000s. I just pulled up the September 19th, 2012. Oh, it's only eight years ago. Oh no, that must that's be when this. Right. No, that's when this was posted. You're right. Oh, I just saw that hit. Because wow. wasn't it the bib jersey years? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it had to be like. It, seriously, it had to be like oh, oh one. No, let's see. Was Lavelle the coach or was no, Croton? no, no, no? It 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 was Croton. It might have been. Oh, so oh one or oh two then? Oh man. But just anyway, leveled. Everyone bro. knows the moment we're talking about. Incredible. And then uh, the other fun moment was. The weird Bronco Mendenhall celebration when the when BYU's defense held Boise State for three three uh, sorry uh, they was like uh, first down and goal from the one or something crazy and they held him to a turnover on downs. Do you remember that? And Bronco yeah. did his little weird dance yeah, around the that's field. Right. Yeah, fun stuff in this game. Bronco was a like a fun celebrator. Like when Bronco would get excited. Remember those videos that came out when they beat Cal. With our boy Stu at quarterback, it was like a shootout kind of game. Oh, and those right. videos that came out of Broncos celebrating, like, yeah, he, he gets into it. Oh, he's a passionate uh, man. Somebody who's he's is, a weirdo, but he's a passionate. I weirdo. mean, just comes off publicly as so kind of dry. Had a had a side of him that was fun. Like you talk to his all his players said, oh, you just don't. He's he's funny and he has this really fun side that that we just so rarely saw. But uh, anyway. Let's hope he forgets all that now that he coaches at UVA. You got to ask Jordan Pendleton that coming up at three. Because uh, he yeah. and Bronco, I think, are very philosophically different. Right. But Jordan seemed to love playing for Bronco. Yeah. So, um, Pretty much all the players that I've talked to over those particular years, all the, Jan Jorgensen loved playing for Bronco. And Bronco totally morphed his defense to limit Jan's effectiveness right in the middle of his career That's there. True. And Jan still... Uh, still loved Bronco. Real quick here, um, Jeremy tweets the show. He said, uh, and Jeremy's uh, bleed blue Jeremy, so you can imagine he's a big Weaver State fan. Uh, no, Jeremy tweets us all the time. We love Jeremy. He says, uh, why would BYU take less money and less exposure and lose the ESPN deal and go back to a G5 conference all on the Mountain West? No way that's better. I'll take 7-5 and five season playing good opponents than going ten and two playing at Laramie and not seeing it on TV, I get I get that argument. I, the the money one they they'd have to figure out. They'd have to get some sort of Boise State like, come on, we're we're generating a bunch of revenue on our own, and you can't make us. Maybe maybe we'll take a little trim on the haircut front, but we're not. You know, we're not uh, we're not going to cut off our nose despite uh, spite the face. So I certainly understand that, Jeremy. And, and everything uh, addressing the rest of his tweet is really just opinion. I. I don't think independence is interesting. I like the conference race. I like the familiarity with the opponents. I mean, you say, you know, even in your tweet uh, where you say, rather go there than at Laramie. Well, that's because there's all this crazy wild history in Laramie that you're familiar with Wyoming and you know what a, 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 a not populated 
part of the country that that is, and <laughs> the stadium is uh, is in disrepair, and uh, the 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 fans. Do they have the, plum- plumbing at that stadium? I'm not. Sure. I'm not. I don't know. Uh, the 15 fans that they do have are are overly drunken most of the time. And I mean, half clothed. Right, and it's it's cold and it's, and it's windy a, and yeah. it's miserable and all this stuff. But but once in a while you get and I know it's not BYU, but once in a while you get the Joe Glenn flipping off wit moment where it's just like this is hilarious and great and kind of you know the the I I miss that with BYU and Independence and you get a quote unquote more interesting opponent, sure, but there are a limited number of those. And then the other side of the coin is not all that terrific because not only are you not familiar with the opponents, but they, they are, are barely football teams. Um, so I, I don't know. And then the better opponents, you play them, you beat them, you play them, you lose. And then poof, it's all over. You're not going to play them again. You don't even give them a second thought. Maybe there's a return game, but you know, I, I like the intrigue of a conference race. I like, I, the, you. I like the intrigue of when you're out of it, but you're playing the the best team in the league and you you can't stand their fan base ruining their season. I, I yeah that you lose that you stuff. lose yeah. all of that yeah and so but to, I got to, you. to argue you you started this uh, by saying you find parts of independence not interesting. Those are the parts I don't find interesting. I miss the relationships, the race, not having a race. Right. I find I is you, I lose interest. But the other side of it is, it is much more interesting talking all week about a matchup uh, in uh, the, the Camp Randall than it would be Laramie. Kind from of from a football standpoint. Right now, where the programs sit, that particular game sure is more interesting. That's but, what I but, mean. But, yeah. but part of the conversation always is, well, yeah, but you beat. Wyoming and TCU loses to whomever, well, then you set up this game. And it's all put in this context of the long run as opposed to, well, let's talk about what the Cougs have to do in the first quarter. Yeah, right, yeah. You know? And and not that we don't do a fair amount of that, but we do a five-hour radio show here, man. Yep. Hey, real quick before we break, had a little birdie tweet me. In that game where uh, Matt Payne, I think it was, the or Payne was it train? Mitch Payne? No, it was Matt, and his brother Mitch also okay. uh, ended up kicking That game, goal. he ended someone's life on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. He uh, also apparently missed the game-winning field goal that night. Oh, so, did he? Yeah. So that... <laughs> So it was a good game because there was a BYU-Boise State game around that era that was not so, so good. That game was good, and Payne ruined that dude and then missed the field goal? <laughs> that's, what I'm oh, to- that's what I'm told. Man. Yeah, yeah. Man. I wish, I wish I could have been on that sideline and been close enough to that guy when he was told it was the kicker that did that to him, just to see his reaction. Don't lie to me, man. St- the kicker. I'm already in pain. That was that was the kicker. He looked like a wily e. coyote cartoon for a moment. Like his spirit and the ball kept going, but his body <laughs> stopped on the forty-one stopped immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, he little, missed little Acme uh, ambulance he drove missed, out and scraped him off the ground. Yeah, he missed the game winner. Well, yeah, because I'm sure he rattled himself with a hit like that. Sure, he came away he was from that thing like seeing ooh. cross-eyed, I believe, right. yeah. like ooh, ooh, that. Uh, oh, head injuries, that funny was a, stuff. That was a hard one. No, but that I mean, <laughs> and the fact that it was the kicker. Yeah, I just want to be right there when the guy's like his teammates, like, dude, you realize you just got leveled by the kicker. We're going to, he's like, his first reaction is probably like, oh man, I'm going to get made fun of a lot for this. This is, this is my reputation now from here on out. I better win the Heisman because <laughs> short of that, I'm going to be known as the guy that got de by the kicker. 
Oh, that's every funny. meeting. They're going to start every meeting with like, "Hey, let's just review here. Let's <laughs> let I know this was several games ago, but uh, Here's how you don't return kicks. Let's 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 replay the clip of uh I don't know what the guy's name, you know, Timmy getting decleated by the kicker. Let's go ahead. Let's let's get the end in slow-mo this time. And oh, you can you can see the part right here uh where his soul leaves his body. Although to Timmy's credit, this, this was not Martin Gramatica. Right. This was a man that was nine feet tall and uh, 600 he pounds. He was a big was, guy. Yeah. yeah, he was a big guy. All right, stay tuned. So the breaking news, BYU, Boise, it's on uh, November the 7th in Boise at Albertson Stadium. It's basically the previously scheduled game. So uh, we'll get to more coming up next. In fact, Kyle Whittingham uh, had a uh, – should we get to that, Austin, or should we do what we meant to do with the split? Okay, let's do that. Let's, let's talk about uh, NBA basketball finals game one. Uh, we will get into that coming up right around the corner, so stay tuned. We do have a busy, busy, busy day. Austin, uh, producer, been producing his uh, fingers off. I'm out of uh, cell phone minutes. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Pendleton will be on with us at 3. Eric, uh, we're going to play that clip from Eric Weddle at 3.30. Sam Amick at 4. Sam wrote a lot about um, uh, what Commissioner Silver had to say yesterday, so uh, really eager to talk to Sam at 4. And then Stuart Mandel, one of the best uh, coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, of course, he writes for The Athletic. He's uh, he's terrific. And then Scott Goldbranson. How would I do? That's good. He goes by Gully. Gully. Oh, I like it. Uh, is going to jump on with us to uh, talk a little Raiders, co-host of Silver and Black on Las Vegas Radio and the silverandblacktoday.com, member of the Pro Football Writers of America. I liked it that he tweeted about it today. He's excited to come on. I, I like it. I, in fact, Lloyd's in the other room. I'm with you, brother. The The Raiders are close. Go Raiders. Let's do this thing. I'm on board. I think it's great. I see a bunch of uh, uh, Golden Knights stuff around town. People are on that bandwagon. I'm slowly uh, getting there, too. Are you eking there? I'm getting there, yeah. Oh, the, the thought of just bouncing down there to go to a game. It's it's a bummer that we can't do that this year. But I, I'm doing that. That's on the old bucket list. Actually, more than the bucket, the list. bucket that's a, list. That's on the priority list. Ooh. Yeah, let's not wait that long. Well, knock on wood there. Hopefully you're waiting that yeah, long. Yeah, hopefully. All right, stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, Tony them. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Every other Friday, but if I had it my way, a day would not be wasted on this drive. And I want so bad to hold you. Some of things wow, way to, I way to come at us with a real upbeat one to begin there, Austin. Not really my choice. I kind of had to make this the choice. Uh, what is our, our country band of the day today? It is Zach Brown Band, simply because. It's one of the five that Gordon always wants to pick, and now we won't—he won't be able to pick it when he comes back. Gordon has this newfound love of uh, of country music, and so he, you know, like the rest of us, we we 
go with what we like, but you and I think it's funny when he's not here to pick his favorite band. So when he comes back and says, well, I want to hear the Zach Brown band, we can go, oh, we just had that like last week, yep, man. Sorry. But, but if he were here, Jake, uh, and he heard you say he's got a newfound love of country, you know what his reaction would be. That he doesn't even like it. Oh, that's not That's ridiculous. Lisa drags me to these things, guys. I don't like I, I married a country, a rock and roll gal, and now she's gone country on me. Band of the day today is uh, is brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. I do like your your. As Gordon John impression. Wooden once told me, you're just happy wife, happy life, Jake. <laughs> yeah, but why does he? Do, if that were true, why does he um, always pick it for band of the day or try to pick it for band of the day? I don't know, Jake. That's just what the kids told me to pick, okay? Um, and then I like it. That what, do, we, what do you want? The, the Bananarama? I like it. The yeah, Then we get a tease of about like how much effort he goes to to see them in concert. <laughs> oh, speaking of Boise, uh, any right. uh, ideas that if there will be uh, media allowed at that game? And if so, what concert is PK and Gordon going to? That right. Weekend? That's a great question. And what are the laws up there? Who can play? Yes. Is it gonna, like one of those those types of things? They could find something. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then Gordon can drive. <laughs> and pay. And pay. Oh. And, and that, that'll, uh, that'll, probably, uh, that'll probably happen. That's usually what happens. Uh, real snooze, uh, snoozer in game one of the NBA Finals, 116-98. to 98. Uh, Miami, uh, for the first time in the playoffs, in my opinion, have uh, appeared overmatched. I mean, they, they played some good teams to get here. I mean, Boston's a good basketball team. Milwaukee's a really good team. And they weren't overmatched, really, even in their losses. And that they, they looked overmatched uh, against the L.A. Lakers. And I hope, 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 hope that that is not how the series goes. I know everybody's thinking, oh, sweep, it's over. I hope that's not the case. Although they did have, I think, 17 guys injured in the game last night. Right. Well, I mean, God, another year of that, right? Last year was so... I don't want to say tainted because that's such a harsh word, but so altered by major injury. There was what ifs. Yeah, yeah. it just it, it it. I mean, changed uh, it. You had uh, how who you had Bam Adebayo. Yep, and MRI Rogic. sprain uh, in his neck. That's not good. An MRI revealed a sprain in his neck, and he's questionable. Dragic also questionable. I forget his injury. He has a like a torn thing in his foot. What do they call that? A... <laughs> they say he's questionable for game two. I I read the injury. I should go look at it now. But I read the injury. I thought, oh man, he was might it not, amputation. He might not survive the night. And, <laughs> and then it was like it's questionable. And Jimmy Butler sprained his ankle really bad last night. So yeah. the the Heat. They were up 10 at one point, Jake, and then we're down by 30 before you knew it. Yeah, and it's too bad. Because I really am, I, we got into this weird conversation with Gordon yesterday about, about why we root during games, and there's such a foreign concept to him. I get frustrated when I try to explain it, and then I, I feel like I'm the one taking crazy pills. But one of the reasons that I'm, I'm rooting for Miami is because I'm rooting for the team concept. In the NBA over or let's just call it the modern NBA. If you don't have one of the top 2 or 3 players in the league, you're you're not going to win a title. I mean, it's, it's been proven out over and over and over and over and over again. Unless you're the the uh unless you're the Detroit Pistons of 2004 and an argument that the last Spurs team. I think you can make an argument that the last Spurs team because With Kawhi still is With Kawhi, one? but it was like young unproven Kawhi making his bones Kawhi, 
And Tim Duncan, who I don't know if he was at that level still. And then they had this great team concept that, uh, remember, they um, blew it to the Miami Heat the year before in grand fashion and then kind of came back with this purpose to make it all work and, and get a revenge title or whatever. Uh, you can make an argument for that team. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you think Kawhi was already one of the you know top, top players in the league at that point. And but. the 0-4 Pistons, although they were up against a Lakers squad that hated each other's guts. Well, and Carl got hurt, and yeah, it, there was all sorts of things working against it, and they still almost won, by True. the way. And in that Pistons, that Pistons team, they had you know several— the, there's actually some connective tissue with the Jazz and that Pistons team because they had a, a, a uniquely dominant defensive center. Ben Wallace and Rudy are certainly different players, but similar impact uh, on the games. And then, you know, Rip Hamilton was an all-star. Chauncey Billups was an all-star, but far from, you know, all-NBA first-team type players. An Eastern Conference all-star. And, and Rasheed Wallace uh, was a nice player. That was on the down part of, of his career. Certainly far from... Um, washed up but you know and that was a that was a great team people forget joe dumars put that team together and that that pissed they had a they had a great run before that they made the conference finals a bunch of times i mean that was yeah. that was a really really good team but that those two are the only two i can even think of that you can point to and say well they didn't have one of the top at least two three four players in the entire league maybe the rockets in the in the mid nineties, oh, they, Hakeem was so good. But Hakeem, but was he a top five guy in the league that day? Yes. Or did he become through that series and and beyond? No, he was top. Five. Okay. So th- so then you. If anything, you, you can make an argument that that Hakeem at that point had declined. But I mean, I, those series, you know, the series with the Jazz. I mean, Hakeem was was amazing. People, I mean, that that dream shake while cheating was yes. also an unstoppable basketball move. The but, best travel non travel before James Harden came around. Yeah. Exactly. Ironically enough, uh, still on the Rockets. I would not put the Rockets in that category. Maybe uh, uh, rational minds could disagree. Maybe maybe you put them But there. you're saying the Heat don't have one of the top five guys in the league and therefore are up against it. Yeah, they really don't have a top ten. I mean, Jimmy Butler's amazing, and I've been talking uh, about him for a while now. Not that I've led the charge by any means, but even now, are you putting him in the top ten? No, because when you start listing, at first I'm like, yeah, yeah, and then you list 10. You start and you're listing. Like, oh, like, he's not on my 10. Right. He's or, at 20. Or at least, you know, 8, 9, 10. Certainly not if. 1, 2, 3, 4. Right, yeah. And so in, in and Miami. you might have LeBron and AD in 1, 2, 3, 4. And Miami is this great, well-coached team. Eric Spolster is really, really good at what he does. He has been for a, for a long, long time. And you've got really nice players highlighted by an all-star. But they play this brand of basketball that's that's really moving around, like what the Warriors were at the at the beginning part of their run. Now I'm not comparing the talent, but we remember this refreshing brand of basketball because we're coming out of the age of the ISO, where it's just about LeBron playing one on one with uh, with uh, the other team, and we get the Warriors that are moving it and sharing it, and it's this unique style where Steph Curry, sure he's amazing, but it's not just about him, and I would say it's it's a little it's a little like that. Where it's it's the sum of the parts. the The strength of the team is the team. You know, it's I think something that the Jazz can strive for, which is really the point of this conversation. Is I'm rooting for the team concept because I cover the Utah Jazz, and I think that they're trying to do what Miami is trying to do, and it's what pretty much every team in the league is trying to do outside of the team that has LeBron, Kawhi, and Giannis. 
And Giannis, I mean, he's the, he's never even gone to a final. So I'm rooting for that to work. I want that to work. Plus, Jimmy Butler has come in and and is a hard-nosed leader. All these, I feel, and and we've had NBA uh, Daily Assist guests disagree with me on this, so they probably know more than I do. But I feel like Jimmy somewhat got a bad rap with his experiences in in, uh, his other stops. I mean, look at uh, when he got out of Chicago. Disaster. That that Gar Foreman, uh, who was the other guy, Paxson, that that relationship of of NBA franchise management might have been the worst ever. And, you know, his his coach goes and they hire Fred Hoiberg, who has no experience, uh, who caught fire for a minute at what, Iowa State. And then, you know, it goes south there because, well, it's the Bulls. We've seen we've seen how the Bulls have operated post Jordan, and it ain't pretty. Uh, then he moves on to Minnesota, back with his old coach, hard nosed guy Tom Thibodeau. But the other two quote unquote stars on the team that were annoyed that way with how they were drafted and paid didn't want to really try work hard, and so Jimmy butts heads with those guys because that's not who he is. And in turn, Scott Layden, right, which is still one of the more hilarious. I'd love to hear Scott tell that story from his side. But Jimmy comes in and picks the worst guys on the team and says, all right, let's go uh, give me your starting five. And then goes and beats Wiggins and Towns and whoever else and then leaves and yells at uh, <laughs> yells at Layden on the way out. And then he goes to Philadelphia. Now we're seeing uh, things aren't all that pretty there. And then he goes to Miami, a place where they're like, okay, well, we're going to pay you big money. You're going to be our best player. And we want, uh, you know, we're a, a franchise that uh, – that uh, has a culture of working hard and you know, fall in line, and 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 all of a sudden he's this ideal teammate that's uh, that's uh, screaming in colorful language after a game, you know, or you know, in the uh, in the celebration of a game. We've got ballers on this team. We've got players where he's screaming about his teammates and hey, you don't know these guys' names, but these guys ball out and they work and they play hard and all that stuff. And it's it's easy to get on board with that. And I know that LeBron and the Lakers, there's a lot of fans, and, and probably the majority of the country is pulling for the Lakers. But uh, I'm, I'm pulling for the team that's, that's trying to play it the right way for, to defeat the team with the two superstars. The, the only argument I have for you, Jake, as to why I'm okay, uh, it makes me ill to even say that if the Lakers win this thing, is because if the Heat were to win it, all we would hear from all the Laker media fanboys out there is, well, the bubble was weird. They wouldn't have beat the Lakers if this wasn't in the bubble. Right, right. And they would they would discount the Heat winning it. We won't hear them discount the Lakers winning it. No, of course not. But other right. than that, and also just real quick, are you saying that if Chicago had bought into Jimmy like Miami's buying into Jimmy, that this would be happening in Chicago right now? Well, I don't know, because so much water went under the bridge, right? Did I say button? That's not a word. But anyway. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But so much, so much time has passed. Who knows? And, and Chicago's made so many bad moves. Since then. Okay. Because do I think that Eric Spolstra gets more out of Jimmy Butler than Jim Boylan would have gotten out of Jimmy Butler? Well, yeah. I think you win that argument. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 so I, I, that's, that's a hard one to say because they've just really punched themselves in the face repeatedly over the past several years. Uh, you know, Lori Markinen maybe a nice little piece that could have gone with Jimmy Butler, but I don't know. I, I do know the young pieces in Miami of, of I mean – Remember, this is a show way back in the day, Austin, like a year ago. But remember when Jimmy Butler yelled at him for uh, in the he was doing a post game interview, and some of his his uh, the younger players were clowning around behind him, and he barked at him to knock it off. 
And Gordon's like, see, another example of what a terrible human Jimmy Butler is. And it was like, no, man, he's running his locker room. That's not what he said, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, He gets mad at me when I do that, a too. terrible human? That's yeah. not even close to fair. <laughs> Come on. All right, it's not. I should, But I do remember Gordon saying, that's not a good leader. Right. And I was like, no, that is a good leader. We don't need a, a clowning around. I'm the leader of this team. I'm getting my camera time. You, you earn it. Earn it, sir. All right. Uh, our friend Dave Slamalockton tweets in, says, anytime Gordon is gone, Austin should just fill, uh, fill in impersonating impersonating him the whole show. The whole, He wants me to be Gordon the whole show? That'd be hard to do the whole show. God, I think I would need a lot of therapy. Because <laughs> I have to get in the mindset. You do. Of, you, have, you are a method actor, as of, they say. Of not caring about the little person, so. Who are the famous method actors? When Heath Ledger was one, right? And uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel, he's the kind of the most famous one, right? Yeah. Where, where he was, he really was Abraham Lincoln in his own <laughs> mind right. for like a year. That's right. He really felt he was the last Mohican. Right. Well, actually, wasn't that his brother who was the technically the last one? No, Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. In the, the spoiler the movie, the, the last name. Anywho, yeah, but he really forgot he was a, a Daniel Day Lewis. Right, and didn't uh, isn't that the story that Heath Ledger really adapted the lo- the Joker character for like his life during that period? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be strange. Yeah, Austin couldn't handle being me for five hours, Jake. It's it's a real art to be me. <laughs> so, I'm Gordon Monson. Such a good impersonation. I am Gordon Monson. <laughs> it's, it's just amazing. All right, Jordan Pendleton will join us coming up at 3. Sam Amick at 4. Stuart Mandel at 5. Uh, Scott Goldbranson joins us at 5.30. Big lineup on the big show today, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Pretend I don't live in it Sunshine gonna wash my blues away Had sweet love but I lost it She got too close so I fought it Now I'm lost in the world trying to find Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks. Uh, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We're going to talk to Jordan Pendleton coming up uh, next at the top 3 o'clock hour. Get Jordan's thoughts on the big news today. It's official, officially, officially official. Not just John Hartwell official, but BYU confirmation officially official. Uh, BYU will play Boise State in Boise on November the 7th. So Boise and BYU like like each other is what you're telling me. They do. Like like. They don't just like each other. (laughs) They're going out. They're going steady. It's it's official. Is it Facebook official? Is that what, how do, how do people uh, say that? Uh, Is going steady a thing anymore? Uh, Is that that a Gordon uh, term? Not since Nixon resigned, I believe, yeah. So what's the term these days? Austin, you're hipper than me. Netflix and chill. No, that implies something else. But I, I think that that's about as committed as the youths get right now. Oh, is it is commitment not a thing uh, amongst America's youth anymore? I don't believe it is. No, you don't so get. That's just me. You don't get pinned anymore. Pinned. Yeah, haven't you ever seen uh, Bye Bye Birdie? 
Oh, pin. Okay, all right. Yeah. I think that's that's you gave uh, your your best gal your pin. I see. And that meant that you were going steady. No, that's extremely uh, outdated that and a, really sexist. It's a little outdated. I mean, don't, the, the kids it's don't almost wear, as bad as The Bachelor. Kids wear pins anymore? Is that a thing? No. No? Mm-hmm. That one's been out for a while now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we be, we now believe and stand by it that females have their choice in the matter, Jake. Bye-bye, Birdie was not so. Well, they've always had their I mean, they didn't have to say yes to the pin. Oh. Uh. <laughs> You're not required to take the pin. <laughs> but uh, the idea of the boy has to make his choice is no longer the way to go. Yeah. No, I suppose not. No, I, I think, uh, but, I, you know. Pinned. <laughs> going steady. It's a whole song in that show. I'm taking going Bobby steady. Joe to the sock hop. I just wonder what the, what the, the kids are calling it these days. I Dating? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't. I'm I am old because I don't know the terms. Okay. I don't. Well, I guess we better learn. We've got daughters. Yeah, we'll get there at some point, but hopefully that's hopefully by then it'll be a whole new language. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to know about it. <laughs> you're you're better <laughs> off. You're going with the Gordon Monson approach. Yeah, I don't want to know. Yeah, only call me if you're in jail. <laughs> and even then, first call mom. Yeah, <laughs> even then, let's make me at least your like third call <laughs> or fourth. Put me lower on the list. You know who else has a brand new little baby girl? Who's that? Jordan Pendleton. How about that? How brand new? Um, a few months. Oh wow, good for ooh. He's in the he's in the fun part. He's in that uh, that uh, wow. I d- I didn't know I could function on this amount of sleep part. You can't, but you somehow do. It's somehow. I I still don't know. All right. Uh, speaking of Jordan, we will get to him coming up next. Uh, we'll talk a little BYU football uh, with former Cougar linebacker straight ahead on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 in the zone.